You know, you believe. <laughs> you can if you want. It's not like basil. No, I, or bay sage, leaf. It's a it's sage is well, sage is basically a bay leaf, right? Or it's like I don't in the I have bay no family. Oh, oh boy! It's a warm one today. <laughs> oh, cheers! That made a nice noise. Cheers, Anna. There's uh, there's some foliage in my drink. Yep. Cheers, Andy. That foliage, foliage is a piece of sage. Foliage. Like the Simpsons. We have like, not tried this drink yet. No, we haven't. Good God. Mm. That's really good. It's kind of licorice-y. I think that's the chartreuse. There's a lot going on there, though. Yeah, it tastes, um, it's very herbaceous and very, um, yeah, licorice It tastes like an apertif, even what, though it's a cocktail. What is this that we're drinking? Uh, oh, okay, so. <laughs> Take your time. No, I just, like, uh, I caught, I, like, caught my breath and I, like, kind of hiccuped, I guess. I, like, well, uh, <laughs> awooga. Uh, this is called <laughs> the onomatopoeic episode of, <laughs> right. of Homebound Happy Hour. <laughs> Onomata, yep, poetic. That was po- an interesting poia, poia. I I <laughs> I remember I have a, a I had a high school English teacher that made a very distinctive pr- pronunciation of it. She pronounced it onomatopoeia, which. That's kind of how it's spelled. Correct. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. But my God, this oh. is so interesting. This drink. Um. All right. So, uh, this is a drink by Cocktail Dudes. It's called an Old Sage. Um. I acquired a bottle of yellow chartreuse, and I've just been dying to use it. So, um, in addition to the chartreuse, I also acquired from our friends over at Old Harbor Distilling. A rare bottle of mezcal barrel aged gin. Mm. Yeah. So um, rather than an old Tom gin, which is what the recipe called for, which is somewhere in between like a dry and a Geneva, like so it's like a like a middle sweetness, not too dry mm-hmm. gin. Um, so instead I replaced it with this mezcal barrel aged gin. So it has like that smokiness, like that peatiness to it. Oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's definitely smoky. Um, smoky. Smoky. Um, and then the licorice sort of flavors you're getting. I I just repeated it without even thinking. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, it validates, Jim Carrey over it validates here. me. Yeah, <laughs> well, I just... <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like I listen to so many. Uh, obviously, I listen to all the episodes when we mm-hmm. edit. But there's so many times where, like, we just one of us will just put like in one of our ping pong off of each si- other. Well, signature zingers. Yeah. And then the other person like doesn't skip a beat and just like, continues Smoky. going. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. So like there are instances <laughs> where I would have made made a a weird comment, and then the other person is just like, yeah. And then so uh, <laughs> and then I, I just like ignore you. <laughs> I don't think it's that we're ignoring each other. It's just we're, we're so used to each other. That's so such a common uh, element to our vernacular. Mm-hmm. Um. Our, our banter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So um, in addition to those um, amazing alcohols, it also has fresh squeezed lime juice and in our case, some low carb, low sugar agave, although you can use any blue agave syrup. Uh, it's lovely. It's very it tastes like we're in France. It really is. I don't know what that tastes like, but I don't either. I've never been to France, <laughs> but what I imagine it would be like. Well, this is, uh, our, what episode are we on? Is this, episode 50. Is this 50, Nifty 50? 5 Nifty 50. Nifty. It's I was thinking nifty. of Sally O'Malley from SNL. <laughs> I'm 50. Yeah. <laughs> 50. I can kick and stretch. There's got to be, there's a, there's an episode title in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, what other cool things are 50. Ralph Macchio when he was in The Karate Kid. Because <laughs> he was old. <laughs> he was in his 30s. Yeah. We've talked about He was this definitely many not times. 15, 16 years old. I can't let it go. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm just kind of a, I mean, you know, I'll post, you know, obviously the, uh, the ingredients and everything, but I am just kind of amazed by this drink. It's so different. It is. It's nothing. I've never had anything like this. And so I noticed there's this there's this account that's really, really popular. And he posted the drink. And that's where I got that's, the idea from. That was again. Uh, Well, hang on. That's that's the part of the story. Oh. This guy who's super popular, he has like tons of comments, tons of followers, blah, blah, blah. He never gave credit to the people who created the drink mm. which have less followers which is cocktail dudes. Okay. So I then, you know, I googled the drink to see if it was common and I found out that cocktail dudes created this, they invented this. They only have like f- 500 followers or so, which is about the same amount we have. And and um, you know, they deserve credit for this incredible Absolutely. creation. Also so happy to get to use that chartreuse finally. <laughs> My my video. Yes, my, we were, my video randomly we started working, playing on the phone. Well, we, we were working on uh, another amazing video of Anna for you, our listeners and viewers, uh, and uh, I was just uploading it to the um, to the web websack online websack of <laughs> files or whatever it's called folder. Um, we have a shared OneDrive folder yeah. where Andy imports videos, and then I take them, and then I do the editing, and then I put them back. So that was that disembodied Anna. Vo- I guess that technically all voices are disembodied um, <laughs> if you're listening to it. On if the you're podcast. listening, um, was her video the, the video uploaded? Yeah. yeah so um, I don't know. Should I should I say my big news? It's up to you. Yeah. I um I started at a new job today. Uh, it was my first day. It went great. I had an awesome time. I really loved the vibe. I love the people. There was a lot of teamwork. And um, I think it's going to go really well, hopefully. Um, and knock on wood. Um, and so I'm going to be having two jobs for a little while, at least until I... Yeah, I mean, for the foreseeable future. Well, it'll keep you out of trouble. It will keep me out of trouble. Because all the trouble you get in here... Not yeah. working. Right, <laughs> sitting here at home. Yeah, me and Dottie <laughs> just just causing a ruckus all day long. Yep. Yep. Dottie is is at the expert level of ruckus causing. She's so good at it. 
I mean, I'm sure she's going to go clang on that I mean, freaking dinner bowl any minute now. The thing is, she's not destructive. She 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 doesn't do anything. Like she doesn't. She's just very needy. She doesn't grab the toilet paper roll and. You know, oh no no no! Run no. About the she house used to with eat shoes when eat she was plants. a puppy, but that was that was short lived. Puppy. I mean, that's teething, terrible yeah. twos stuff. But no, she's just very, um, very. What's the word I'm looking for? Demanding of attention? Yeah. <laughs> On her schedule, though. Right. Because she has I mean, she fucked off. She hasn't t- <laughs> She hasn't bothered us in a while. She is... is She's like, I ate. Now I don't need you anymore, She people. owns her alone time. Yeah. Um, and will... Get out of my face, humans. Yeah, and knows where to go to avoid us completely. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh, you know... The dinner bell comes ringing. Oh, jeez. I know we never have to we never have to feed her and then like coax her out of anywhere to come eat. She always lets us know when it's time. What about you? What about me? What? Anything exciting? <laughs> um, I did not start a new job this week. I still have my one. Um, Your full time WFM. No, W. Wait. W Woof F H work from home. Yeah, so that's that's interesting and I've been I was talking uh to a friend of mine and kind of catching up and uh, I was just saying it was the first time I said I've been pretty much existing um uneventfully but priv- with privilege by being able to work cuz a lot of people have already started going back to work especially mm. In education, kind of once the the schools open and teachers have to start going back, everyone started going back. So um, there's that kind of pressure. Although it, I don't. So much. So many companies, like private sector companies, are realizing, you know what? We don't. We don't need people to come into an office. Let's sell that building, and people can just work remotely, or can do hybrid. It's just there's still this um, sense of like eyeballs are watching you because you're a taxpayer funded group. So they oh, need okay. to see people going into work. Otherwise they're not working kind of a thing, which I think that's changing though. Um, so I mean, we're scheduled to be back. Well, not scheduled. They're saying we're going to be back in, in the summer, like July 1st, but they're still working on, what that might look like or mm-hmm. what I, don't know. I guess the other big news is that universal studios is opening in a few weeks yeah so they just emailed me i was like oh okay andy gets emailed first then because he bought the passes last time i'm more uh, um more vip than you yeah apparently mm-hmm. well you're the one spending the money on the passes right um these that would be really nice to see our friend Rachel. Yeah. Who works over in Duff Beer Garden. It would um, be nice to see her. Yeah. But, you know, I have a, a moral conundrum about the Harry Potter. Yeah, that that, and then also it's not, I don't know, I think once again, even though like attendance is going to be severely limited and there's reservations. Probably no waits have, for anything. Yeah, but... Well, there would be a wait because they have to sanitize still, in between everything. It's still, right. It's still a, a theme park. I mean, yeah. it's not, 
it's not like going to the zoo where you just you walk around you technically don't have to touch anything at the zoo right um and you just walk around or like a park or or even a store right 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 but yeah you have shared shared things like the rides and so that i mean i know we're both fully vexed oh yeah we both are now probably right around maximum vaccination power right yeah did we mention that last week that we that we we i don't know if we did we we are fully vaccinated both of us now we got ours together so there's that um so not too many side effects for either of us but um so if we haven't reached out um and figured out where you are vaccination wise it just means we 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 don't want to hang out with you Right now. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. No, I miss everyone so much. Uh, no, but I mean, but the truth is, like most people, we keep up on social media and stuff, so we see, like, where our friends are as far as their progress and vaccinations go. And a lot of people are still not hanging out, regardless. Yeah, which we really aren't. So yeah, I don't. <clears throat> again, it it's exciting because it's. Oh my gosh, this thing that we used to do a lot that's not, that's there to do, it's, I don't know. We'll have to think about it um, and see what we feel safe with. But but since it's universal, that uh, is a good segue to what we're going to talk about today. Because Universal um, sells movies. They make movies. They make them and sell them, I yeah. guess. So, um should we um, maybe take a little, a yeah, little fiver? Yeah, let's and then, take a break. But before then... before we do that, I I forgot to mention the sage that's in the drink, which is like one of the main components. It's in the fucking name, Old Sage. Mm-hmm. So you muddle a few sage leaves in with the drink. And so you get that aromatic. My bad. Well, it's on the video. It's It is on the video. All right. Well, to continue our theme of purveyors of dead media or medium, medium. <laughs> um, if you remember last week, we took a little fun deep dive into uh, record stores and what those meant to us, those of us that worked there. Um, so in all of our in, I guess in the middle of all that, we saw a couple of other documentaries. Yeah, which we continuously watched documentaries right. and other things. Um, so we watched the last blockbuster on Netflix. Correct, and it was about the, as far as I know, still operating last um, blockbuster video store, mm-hmm. video rental store, and um, so after having unpackaged and dealt with all the emotions from thinking about record stores and all the different things associated with that and buying records and CDs and tapes and all that. Uh, then new wounds, uh, new gashes were made, if you will, about um, longing for video stores and video rental stores. Yeah. Uh, so this, the documentary is really interesting. Close to my heart, I feel like. Yeah. They, um, they did a lot about the the history of not just blockbuster video, but the whole how it how the movie rental business um, evolved 
and and came about and and then Netflix came around right and just ironically crushed everything. who uh, where you can view this film I thought it was it on Netflix yeah oh. I thought that was kind of funny <laughs> like oh you you who destroyed us yeah showing our movie <laughs> it's like the Catholic Church oh no I'm not gonna yeah, no. I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> uh, whew. anyway um so I. My first memory of um, of renting a video, I'm not. I I've. I don't know. Maybe it was about nine, ten, eleven, or something like that. Um, my dad tells me, "Hey, uh, there's a store where we can go, and uh, you can rent this machine, uh, and rent these tapes, and you can watch movies on them." Now. Obviously, I knew that there was a way to watch movies. We would watch film strips and stuff like that in in, uh, in school. Uh, you know, like on the reel-to-reel thing. And How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, You're not that much older than me. And then we would watch educational videos on like the VCRs. But this was the first time I found out that one could go and rent them because these, you know, the cost of all this stuff, as they explained in the documentary was astronomical. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't buy a movie for less than a hundred dollars because the studios didn't, that wasn't a market for them. They created this thing on, you know, releasing movies on home video on video cassettes, but they priced them based on the fact that well if you pay five to seven dollars to see a movie and you get this movie that you can see whenever yeah it sounds about like a hundred dollars ought to be good for it i don't remember like i remember like i had a bunch of those like like foam container disney movies and like the uh, clamshell ones yeah yeah and it was like a super treat when they would buy them for me but I don't remember them being that expensive. Well, this was this is way. I'm talking before. about like 82. Yeah, like, so or eight, like eight more like 87. So these stores started opening up where you could go and you could rent the the VCR basically for no for um for like the weekend or a couple of days, and then you could rent movies to go along with it. And you had to, it, you know, it was like. <laughs> It was like renting a car, like you had to put down a security deposit and all this other stuff. So it was like a big, a big event to do. For our younger listeners, a VCR is um, the basically uh, like thing that you would play the tape in. Mm -hmm. The big, (laughs) the big ginormous tape that you'd put in there. And it's a CD player for VHS tapes. Now that I think about it, some of these weren't actually VCRs. They were VCPs. They didn't have the recording functionality. So, you know, they'd give it to you in this case and then you'd, you'd hook it up to the TV at home and then it looks like a briefcase, right? Yeah. It had this, uh, the handle on it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, then slowly over the next couple of years, um, some of my more affluent friends actually, you know, and prices started coming down too. Um, started investing in VCRs for a home. You know, they would just buy them, and then they would just have to go and rent the movies to do that. But it was still, you know, a couple of bucks per night per movie. 
Um, but then when it really took off, when different different locations started um, sort of capitalizing on this rental market, and so it was sort of these these video stores that started. So they really only had like maybe one one or two copies of each movie when it came out because you know they're not going to spend and that's according to the documentary that's sort of how blockbuster because they just like you know what no we're going to get a hundred copies so that way many people can come in and rent it um i remember them even ha even having rentals at 7-eleven i remember that yeah and grocery stores like they started you know, video rental sections yes. would start popping up. I remember that too. Um, and then once the uh, the prices started coming down, they would uh, then they would just be for sale um, at at um, you know retailers and all that. And so I I worked for a record store, um, Musicland, uh, but Musicland was part of the bigger company. Was part of the Musicland Group. Uh, which included um, not just Musicland, but Sam Goody, which is another record store, and also Suncoast Motion Picture Company, which was the which was a retail video store uh, in the malls. And then they had they had some bigger combination stores like Media Play and things like that. But uh, so I had the unique experience of working in both a record store and the movie store, and they are two vastly different customer types hmm. um, that I found out. So you have a variety of different types of music fans or music enthusiasts, um, especially people that are going to go to a store in the mall to find what they're looking for. So again, mall stores, I mean, they, they, they have some variety, but it's mostly mostly mainstream so top 40 it's going to be pop or or mainstream country uh even even when alternative came out of the mainstream still um, restricted to mostly major label stuff so you're not gonna you have to go to either you like your small independent record stores to to find people like john who are looking for some some you know rare import from a Danish punk rock band from, <laughs> you know, um, so in a similar way, you do have, you do have, um, film enthusiasts, I guess, um, that cinephiles, cinephiles. And one thing about Suncoast is Suncoast was kind of the mall store for cinephiles because, they had probably they were going to have a bigger selection and more variety than you know the big box stores like a Best Buy or a, or you know Walmart because they they were just going to stock whatever the big new releases are. Um, so you know they have a zillion copies of Titanic and and uh, you know when that came out. But if you want the you know a certain episode of Dragon Ball Z original that we would have that at Suncoast. Huh. Um, and then we could also, we had a lot of people special ordering and we had, we had a few different interesting regulars that I remember. So we had, um, this one gentleman 
who he was an older uh, retired um, person and he would come in um, if you remember I guess it still happens now but Tuesdays are always like new release days you mentioned that last week I don't remember this uh, so historically new titles and new new records new movies are really were released on Tuesdays now cool. it happens in Fridays so every Tuesday and you would get notice when a, when an artist has something that that's gonna drop or when a studio is gonna release a video they give a release date I mean it's usually months out or sometimes mm. a year a year or so um, and then you'll see the signage like reserve the new copy of whatever um, coming whatever day it was you know what's today march 30th so those would be kind of big days and this one um gentleman would come in once a week usually on tuesday or not wednesday and he would spend i would say maybe a good hour or two and he would just go around the entire store and it's not a very big store but like i said you know there's quite a variety i mean there there were all the all the genres so you had a couple of aisles and then everything on the wall uh, and he would just keep bringing videos up and he would easily spend anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars every week every week wow yeah who um, was this guy the owner of the ritz carlton well he you know is just just someone who re- retired i guess and yeah. had a shitload of money must have been. And he, so like regulars and a lot of other businesses, um, the, you kind of try to help him out or hook him up because he, he would remember that he'd already purchased, you know, some things. And he would also every, every now and then throw in some of the mature um, oh. titles. So Like showgirls? Yeah, but... <laughs> Well, they didn't like Cinemax, Cinemax porn. I got you. We didn't, we couldn't sell. More secrets of a call girl. We couldn't sell, yeah, we couldn't sell hardcore, but they would have, you know, like Playboy Centerfold videos. Uh. And so you'd sneak a couple of those in there, but, but he would buy, he would repeat buy some titles. And, and one time we, his wife came in with him, which never happened. And we, it was like, oh, she goes to another high school. Like we were thinking she doesn't <laughs> exist because he would talk about right. it. Right. Um, and she said, oh, he just comes in and, you know, he loves to do this and you get home and we've got five copies of the thing, you know, cause oh. he's bought five copies of them. So I remember one time that you guys manager, should have done a database for him. Yeah. The manager was like, you know what, if you find any extras, like br- bring them in, we'll, we'll swap them out. Cause I mean, <laughs> you know, like this guy spends $500 on a, a Tuesday and yeah. like our week sales sometimes are like $550. So wow. I mean, he was, he was, I mean, it, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, he, he produced a lot of that. Wow. Um, so, so there are a few, a few customers like that, that just, um, much like how we would browse through Netflix and, takes us forever to pick a movie sometimes yeah or we'll just like oh watch this let's see you yeah know, it can't be that bad or watch this so this yeah, is like that bad how we restarted he would things. do that he must be loving well i don't know he's probably not on <laughs> well, we, we don't know we don't know um but he would do that but just buy 
the movies. Yeah, got it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like, like, like you had said, like smaller video stores only have like one, two copies of things. There was, um, when I was a kid and I don't know if our listeners know this, but I come from a long line of bartenders. I am not the first, um, both of my parents and my godmom, who I used to call my grandma, were also all bartenders and, uh, the bar where my parents both worked because they worked at the same place. Mom did day shift, dad did night shift, uh, had a video store next to it called Video Island. Ooh. And they had cardboard palm trees in the window display uh-huh. because it was an island. Um, that's where I like saw most of the movie covers I've ever seen that I grew up like looking at, like Heather's was a big one. Mm-hmm. And then there were like, there were a lot of uh, very unique horror covers in the eighties when this was going on and like early nineties. Oh yeah. But, um, but I was like BFFs, um, with the cashier whose name is Lori and she would just like kind of entertain me while my parents were working. Like mom was probably setting up the bar in the morning and I would just go in there and hang out. Or sometimes my dad would relieve my mom from a shift and there would be an overlap. So I would just go hang out in the video store for like an hour in between. Cause like mom had to do her money and then mm-hmm. dad was setting up the bar kind of thing. Uh, so anyway, me and Lori tight. Um, and that was actually also my first ever exposure to what pornography was. Oh. Because they had one of those like saloon door the areas. Cur- yeah. <laughs> or the yeah. curtains. It was the um it was like the Everybody's hugging. Like the actual like they kind of look like mini blinds, like the saloon doors, but mm. they were pretty high off the ground and I was little. So I was like crawling around on the floor, you know? And I so yeah. I would like see in there with like and saw a lot of my friends dads in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> hopefully not all at the same time and like they weren't all in there at once like a really awkward circle jerk <laughs> oh no oh, I'm, so, God. I'm so sorry that was such an awful <laughs> no. joke it was so off color No, it was usually like one dude in there at a time. I never saw a lady in there. This is not the video section at Walmart. (laughs) So, even though we are on episode 50 of this podcast, we're still playing around with new ideas and doing things a little bit differently every once in a while. Yep. So... Uh, in the case of that this week, since um, I started a new job and I'm very busy, we had a couple of our friends and listeners call in with some stories for you. Yes. Um, so just like we uh, we talked to John last week who worked at a at a record store, we um, found some folks who, who worked at video stores mm-hmm. back in the day, as they say. Yeah. And so, uh, so who are we hearing from? We have friend of the podcast and former guest Raphael, who you may remember from the Valentine's episode with oh, his yeah, girlfriend yeah. Amy, uh, and then our friend Evan, who's never been on the podcast before, also sent in a pretty fun, wild ride, wacky story. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, <laughs> that story has everything. I'm excited for, Can't you, wait. for you all to hear this one. Yeah. So that'll be great. All right. So um, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and play those um, for you right now. Hey, Anna and Andy. It's uh, Young Raph Gaetan here. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm calling in today to talk to you about living life on the frontier, the digital frontier. Uh, you wanted stories about being a record store clerk or a video store clerk. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, the frontier of um, antiquated technology. So I worked at Hollywood Video from 2006 to 2008, approximately. It was a college job, did it in the, got it in the summer, transferred it, transferred back, that sort of thing. It was the happiest I've ever been for the least amount of money I've ever been paid, period. End of sentence. Uh, the pay was $8 an hour, but I got to make my own schedule. That They worked completely around me when I, when I was in school. And even in the summers when it was like, hey, could you come in at 12? It's like, nah, I'm going out drinking tomorrow. It's like, two? Sure. So, as it were, it was just an infinite resource of awesome. And, you know, the perks, of course. I mean, you don't get paid shit. But uh, the nice thing was my Hollywood video, at the time that I worked there, they had gotten rid of the annoying dress code. I don't know if you all remember uh, back in the day, which makes me sound like I'm 20 years older than I am, the phrase back in the day. But uh, originally when Hollywood, Hollywood video launched, they wanted, uh, they had a prestige thing. So um, employees had to wear like these vests with like movie reels and masquerades and masquerade masks. And it was truly awful. And even the training video I saw <laughs> had those in them. And then when I asked my boss, like if she knew where I could get that vest, she's like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. Just wear something like black and khaki and sneakers, you'll be fine. So already dream come true because currently <laughs> I get to wear jeans a polo and sneakers to my job that pays me very well to do much less work than I did when I worked there. But the joy of working in the video store, as you might imagine, for someone like me, a cinephile, is that we got free renting privileges. We were able to take out three items at a time, including video games. So this was a time where I was playing Xbox 360 a lot. And so, you know, the latest hits, as it were, as well as... Um, we had restrictions, <clears throat> sorry, we had restrictions where we couldn't take out new movies for two weeks once they came out because of their policy that they had to uh, have them available for guests. But what they would let us do is take them home before. So we'd get the shipment on a Thursday so we could take them home for 24 hours to watch them so that we could actually, you know, proffer recommendations or, you know, kind of get some film knowledge, which for someone like me who thirsts for knowledge was heaven. I watched just about every movie that came out in those last two years, and I know which ones to avoid as well. Uh, it, was, it was a wonderful time in my life, actually. Um, but speaking of that, if you all remember, in the video craze of the early 00s, late 90s, early 00s, especially with the rise of DVD, chains like Blockbuster, who didn't hire me even though I applied three times, which is truly their loss, but... <laughs> Um, those chains had guarantees, meaning if, you know, certain titles, they bought every copy they could get at any store, meaning if, if you couldn't find one at any store in a district, they would, like, give you a free rental for it when it came back. And so, this is, uh, <laughs> this is, uh, where a little game we used to play called Club Hollywood came in. And what that is, is that me and my coworkers 
had to put up with a lot of bullshit and a lot of attitude and a lot of ego from people who considered themselves better than us because we were working on a Friday night and they weren't. So, you know, you'd get people coming up and my favorite one was always when instead of saying, hey, you, or just shouting the name of the movie that they wanted to see, they would preface it with to get my attention or any of my coworkers' attention. So you just hear that snapping and then you turn around and someone says, from here to eternity. And it's like, you know, okay, I'll show you where it is, but I detest you. All right, then. So our office slash front desk had a Dropbox where you would put in, uh, you know, you could drop the movies in so you didn't have to get out of the car or you, you know, you didn't have to walk in or do anything or interact with anyone. A precursor for our times, coronavirus times especially. But so we, what we would do is we would gra- gather as many copies as we could of return guaranteed hits. We'd put enough out on the board, you know, to like leave it to chance. And then the select few, each of us would usually pick a regular customer that would um, that we would think would want to see this. And so we would play Club Hollywood, which meant that we would keep it either under the register or inside the Dropbox because the number one question when someone wanted a new release and it wasn't on the wall was could you check the box in case somebody brought it back and you know we would make a show of it but for the people that were kind to us the people that we liked talking to the ones that didn't call us assholes or tell us that you know the only time i have a problem is with you those people got the club hollywood vip treatment the other ones got the club hollywood you know red velvet rope (laughs) as it were um it was fun it was maybe it's a little bit of classes power tripping, but you know, as a socialist, I didn't mind it one bit. But that was uh, that was the fun part. But the wildest story I have about working as a video store clerk is one that involves mayhem and intrigue. I had recently quit because I needed to go back to school and I wanted to focus full time on my last semester to graduate because you know I wanted to move on to greener pastures. So. It was my penultimate day, literally the second to last day before I go to work, before I go to school, I'm sorry. So I'm working at the Hollywood video, a year without incident. Nothing's happening. About seven o'clock, a couple guys walk in wearing hoodies. Okay, that's fine. That's strange for the summer. That's cool. I'm carrying a load of DVDs and I see, you know, a person walk through the metal detectors. They squeak and we're taught... Uh, or, you know, prompted, for enforced to greet every guest. And so, um, <laughs> we, uh, we do the thing. And so I say, hey, how's it going? You know, and the thing is, I had friends that knew I worked there, so they used to love to come and, and mess with me, right? And uh, so I'm, like, trying to get a better look at him, because I walk in, and there's this guy with a hoodie, and he's holding his forearm up to his face, as well as a mask. And I'm thinking, okay, this is somebody I know fucking with me. So I'm like, can I help you? Can I help you? Um, Excuse me. So, can I help you? Can I help you? And guy says, all you have to do is get down on the ground, homie. And he lightly grabs my left hand and, like, guides it so that I drop all the DVDs. With his right hand, he pulls up a Mac-10, which is a submachine gun, also the name of a rapper from the West Coast Connection, West Side Connection, and uh, the author of the song Backyard Boogie. So there I am, fearing for my life. Uh, I'm sorry if you have to hear that pattering. 
That's uh, little Chucky Boy Breezy. But anyway, you can cut this out if you want. I, if I was a better editor, I would do it. But uh, anyway, so there we are. DVDs on the ground. I'm right behind. I put, you know, and I remember I had just come back from break and I had just gotten a new cell phone the day before. And so I'm laying there and I'm panicking because I had turned the ringer back on and I'm worried that this is going to be one of those stick and move robberies where it's like, you know, they're going to grab everything from everyone and make the best of it. So meanwhile, you know, they have guns. They're putting everybody on the ground. They grab my coworker uh, and they take him to the back to where the safe is. We're all worried. We're scared. We're looking down. I remember I have my fingers in a triangle position because I just don't want my face on that dirty-ass ground. And I'm trying to breathe as quietly as possible to, you know, I've seen too many bank heist movies. I don't want to cause a disturbance. And I recall that at one point I feel this pressure on my lower back. And it turns out it was one of the guys with the guns. There were two of them. And he just says to me, are you all right, homie? Are you all right? Like... The tenderness that that doctors in America don't have was bestowed onto me by a bank robber, by which I mean a video store robber. And, you know, I just tell them, I just, yeah, I'm fine. I just need you guys to do what you got to do and get out. And they're like, we're almost out of here, whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear the, then you hear footsteps, 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 count to 60 and don't look back. We all do, we get up. We were robbed successfully. Apparently, they got some like twenty eight hundred dollars. Not a not a whole lot. Definitely not a bank take. But I remember that I went home. Or I called my mom, and she was like, "Come home immediately." And I was like, "No, I gotta finish my shift <laughs> because I had this blind sense of loyalty to the place, but also because I loved working there. I had my regular clients. You know, I I I loved being able to participate in this environment of enriching young minds, like convincing someone not to rent old school, and to watch Animal House. I don't know, or like, hey, don't watch Gladiator, watch I don't know, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, a movie that I hadn't seen at the time, but now I would have recommended for sure. Um, but yeah, so I remember my mom threw a fit. She's like, you're not going back there again. What if they come back? And it's like, mom, having seen Heat, I was like, mom, the statistic of them robbing the same bank at the same time, which I mean video store, is very unlikely. So I did go back the next day, finished my shift. They cut a little cake for me, got an, an apology letter from the manager, commended us on our bravery by laying on the floor doing nothing. And uh, they cut me my last check and said, hey, come back anytime. And but I do remember there was a moment when it got dark about like seven or eight p.m. where I was putting I was grabbing DVDs out of the box. Uh, it wasn't Club Hollywood then because it was a Wednesday, but we were grabbing DVDs out of the box. And I looked up and someone parked their car with the, the tail lights, the sorry, the headlights still on. And I panicked because I thought, what if they're trying to blind us because they're going to rob the store? Like, what are the chances they're going to do this again? Because anxiety is a motherfucker. And sure enough, that wasn't the case. Someone came in, rented probably a copy of The Lake House, and they went home and probably didn't enjoy it because it's not a very good movie. But anyway, those are two tales from my time as a video store clerk. I will say this, that the happiest, other than being with Amy... The happiest I've ever been, and the happiest I've ever been making eight dollars an hour. So, uh, thanks for letting me share. And if anybody has any questions or wants any movie recommendations, hit me up on Twitter at Bear Surprise. Thanks, Anna and Andy. Love y'all.
Well, I'd have to say uh, one of my most memorable experiences from working at uh, Blockbuster Video uh, it was uh, October of 1991, and I was still living in Minnesota uh, and living at home, working for working as a manager of a, a Blockbuster Video in a, uh, a, a small little suburb of Minneapolis called New Hope. And uh, I lived probably about half an hour's drive from uh, from work, and uh, it was uh, it had been Halloween the night before. I was just looking this up, and it was uh, Halloween was on on a Thursday, and it was Halloween that night, and it had started snowing and snowing and snowing, and so the next day um, I had to go into work. Uh, I ended up going into work um, on a Friday night. And, uh, and unfortunately in the, in the video store business, uh, the worse the weather, the more the people come out because, you know, they can't do anything else. So they want to go and get a video and, and, uh, um, uh, and then just go home and hunker down. And so of course, and it was a Friday night, um, and so it had, it was snowing and snowing and snowing. It ended up being a, a very memorable blizzard. It was the Halloween blizzard of 1991. Uh, it was the same time as they had like the perfect storm out east and so forth. And and uh, this was this was sort of part of it. But um, it, I think it snowed. Um, gosh, it was probably like 24 to 36 inches in in a single day or whatever. It was just incredible. But I just barely make it into work around 4 p.m. Um, on that Friday, which was actually November 1st. And uh, um, I go in there and I, re I relieve my assistant manager was in there working. And, uh, uh, you know, and I start working. And I think it was, I had one other employee there or, uh, or maybe two. Uh, but at any rate, it's it uh, because the weather kept getting worse and worse, and everybody was saying, you know, that it, it's just going to keep getting worse. Um, people started coming in. All kinds of people started coming in to to rent videos, and uh, you know, of course, that's great for business. But uh, you know, we're kind of shorthanded. There, uh, I had I think I had a couple of employees that called in that couldn't make it in. And uh, so it ended up being, I think it was me and one, maybe two other people working there that night. And, uh, and the thing that was, it just got, it just got so bad. It got so busy. Uh, we were always open from 10 a.m. to midnight and, uh, uh, we started working the night and we're just completely swamped. We didn't have time to do anything uh, that we normally do before we close. And so all of a sudden it's midnight and we haven't done anything. And the, the store is just absolutely trashed. People coming in, you know, walking in in snow boots. Uh, we had people coming in on skis, you know, cross-country skis just to get there, you know. And and so the floors were just trashed. I had to, had to actually take a shop vac to go and, and clean up the front entryway just to make it presentable. And I knew we were going to have to open up again the next day on Saturday, and it was still snowing. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is just never going to end. Um, and then I get, I, I find out, too, that uh, normally on uh, on the weekends, I had a crew of a, of a couple of people that would do uh, the openings on, on Saturday and Sunday. But unfortunately, they were... Uh, 
they were students at a college that was, uh, I think it was Augsburg College, and it was, it, was, it was a pretty far drive from the Twin Cities, from Minneapolis. And, uh, and so they drove home every weekend to, to do this. Well, obviously, with this blizzard, they weren't going to be able to make it. So all of a sudden, I find out, oh, great, I don't have anybody to open the store the next day. And so I'm in there, I'm cleaning things up. I finally get done with everything probably about three or so in the morning. And I realize there's no way that I'm going to be able to drive home, you know, which is normally about half an hour. It's probably going to take me a couple hours just to get home. I'm just going to have to turn right around and come back, uh, hopefully make it back. So I decided, I said, okay, that's it. I'm staying overnight. So uh, once I got everything sort of cleaned up, uh, I uh, curled. I ended up curling up on this. We had this huge teddy bear in uh, in our little kids' corner. I ended up uh, uh, crawling on top of that and tried to get some sleep during the night. I can remember being awakened very early the next day by you know snow blowers and snow plows coming out trying to uh, trying to blow everything out. Um, but the the next day I'm uh, so. You know, here I am. I've I've have have barely slept all night. I've got to open the store the next day. I get the store open, or I think it was just before opening. I had to uh, I had to go to the bank to get uh, coinage and change for the day, and I my I my car got stuck getting out of the parking lot to go to the bank. Somebody helped me out. I got, just barely got to the bank, got the money, got back. And then it was just like me and one other person that whole day uh, working. It was just horrendously busy. People were coming in left and right, and uh, uh, it was just <laughs> just incredible. Uh, one of the good things that, that did end up happening is uh, uh, there was a, a Subway restaurant in the same strip mall that we were in, and uh, someone apparently had ordered a uh, one of those big party subs, those big long party subs, for some some event or whatever, and they weren't able to make it in. So they the Subway had made this big party sub, and they didn't know what to do with it, so they ended up bringing it over to our store, and, and at least we had something to eat <laughs> that day and, and, and night. Um, but it got to be, you know, probably about 5 o'clock that night, and I'm like, I was just exhausted. I've been up for over 24 hours, and I was just exhausted. Finally was able to, uh, to reach a... a an assistant manager or uh, from from another store and they were able to to make their way over to my store um so they could come in and 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 they could close the store the store that night so I could actually get home and get some sleep um and then I think you know I got finally got in my car after digging it out uh after, after that day and I think it probably took me like two and a half hours just to just to drive home but uh I'll, yeah, I'll never forget the night that I ended up having to uh having to spend the night in my in my video store uh sleeping on a uh on a big stuffed teddy bear in the corner, not actually sleeping but uh um uh, and then the other uh, other thing about it is i I think I ended up then coming back and working on sunday and and by then most of the the, the videos that have been rented on you know Thursday and Friday were due back. And now we get all these phone calls. Oh, oh, we can't, uh, can't, can't bring it back in because of the storm. It's so bad, you know. Even though I'd look on their accounts, and they had actually come in and rented it 
rented the video at the height of the storm when it was the worst out. Now they're saying, oh, no, no, I can't get it back on time because, uh, because, of, because of the storm. So, um, I, I, you know, you can't really charge me late fees for that, can you? You know, and so we end up forgiving like a whole bunch of late fees and so forth for that whole weekend. Even though people had come out in the middle of the storm to get videos, they couldn't return them. So... Um, so that was that was kind of another hilarious thing that added on to it, and and I had kind of a kind of a jerk of a uh, of an area manager too, who uh, uh, even that next Monday things were still completely snowed in. I mean, it just it was just a huge blizzard, and even on Monday morning I get this call saying, you know, from my area manager, you know, if that store doesn't open on time, it's your job, you know, and we open at ten a.m. and I'm like. I left early, and it, it still took me like two hours just to get to work that day, and uh, uh, it was just one of, obviously, one of my more memorable experiences uh, working there. Um, but like I say, it, it always kind of sucked because uh, the worse the weather, the, the worse the weather got, uh, the, the more, uh, the, the busier we got, and and so... Um, so it just really kind of sucked having, uh, you know, having having people in there, and and yet you know we're we're trying our best to work, but uh, you know everybody else is like, oh, I got to get this movie, got to get this movie, you know, and but they can't return them on time. So um, I guess that was probably our, my most uh, memorable uh, experience uh, working at uh, at the video store. Um, for the most part, it was actually one of my uh, one of my most favorite jobs. I still uh, keep in contact with a lot of my uh, friends, uh, former employees, and friends who uh, who uh, still live back in Minnesota. I, I I see them on Facebook, and we uh, we exchange you know horror stories and things like that every once in a while, and and think of how things things were. Um, you know, obviously this is back in the days of, you know, VHS tapes and there was, you know, essentially no internet, so there wasn't anything called streaming. So it was, uh, it was quite the time, but it was also, uh, quite a, uh, quite a, a wonderful experience too, looking back on it. Um, would I want to do it again? Well, working for them, maybe yes, but not some of these other experiences like I just mentioned. So, um, I think that's uh, that's going to be about do it. But uh, that was my uh, most memorable experience uh, working for Blockbuster Video. Uh, it was uh, it was quite the quite the time, and things were obviously quite different back then. So. The other cool thing about the video store about Suncoast was that um, we started carrying a lot of the the like a lot of the crap, the accoutrement. So the collectors, knickknacks and action figures, toys, lunch boxes, I mean, stuff mm. like that. So, so there were some cool things that, that came through there. Um, like all the, um, who was it? Was it Todd McFarlane? I was almost going to say Seth McFarlane, but Todd McFarlane, who did all the, like the kiss action figures. And, uh, he did a lot of the movie, movie monsters, ones oh so shit like that that makes me think of planet hollywood which mm. is something we just did. movie memorabilia yeah, yeah like universal studios is something yeah because that was one oh wait the, no, no, no no that was hard rock that's hard rock cafe yeah dang it I'm, planet hollywood's been i don't 
We had one any? here in San Diego. Oh, it's long gone. But a friend of mine worked there. I wonder what that was like. She met Arnold Schwarzenegger once. Really? Because he was one of the owners, right? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, I want to say, and and uh, I don't Bruce know. Willis. Oh, yeah. That's a weird, <laughs> very strange. Sylvester trio. Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, I get, but yeah. Bruce Willis. I guess I don't know. Maybe they were like, all action stars, kings of action movies. Sure. <laughs> Let's or all what, I mean, thing. whatever. That's so bizarre. All right. Or if it's video video week, should I say, all righty then? I don't get it. I'll never say it again. It's Ace Ventura. Oh. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> yeah. um, I just... Uh, does I, not hold up that movie. I, I also... No, it doesn't. Not at all. I think the the trolling also of of customers... Is different in music stores and video stores. Like, um, in record stores, you get people coming in, like, "Oh, what's the song that's the the lyrical gangster?" You know, na 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 na. And you're like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh, it's because everyone comes in and asks for it." You're like, "Oh, it's here comes a hot stepper by Any Kamosi." No, that's not it. It's the I'm the lyrical gangster. I'm like, that's what it's called. That that is, you know, <laughs> I know this. Um. I guess you kind of get that with video stores because they'll come in with a very specific request. Like, I'm looking for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and are dead. Oh, wow. It's like, whoa. Uh, Mike could special it because this was Texas. Mike could special order that for you. Uh, or, I don't know. I don't remember getting too many of the vague. Like, what's the movie with that one guy and the girl comes along and then they, you know, like don't like each other, but then they do. But then they end up together. Yeah. Like it could be like 80,000 different movies. I know. I don't, I don't remember getting that many of them. Um, anyway, um, it was, it was an interesting time overall, I'll say, because it was, uh, like, like I mentioned with the record stores experiencing all the different types of media. Uh, we were still primarily a VHS, format uh there were some laser disc still those are more of the cinephiles wow but dvd was a, a bursting onto the scene so oh yeah uh, we had a small like one rack section of dvds it was like this new whatever uh and of course you know all the all the film nerds at that worked at the store were like oh my gosh picture quality is amazing and then you know, we'd save up to buy like DVD players for like a thousand dollars back then. Um, but we got to experience the expansion of that, and it's just really interesting. And then, you know, I guess now what we have, Blue Blu-ray wasn't really that. I mean, it was a thing for a while. It's still a thing. Do they still have video sections in like Target and? I don't know. I haven't been inside of a Target in so long. I know there are music sections still. Huh. I know. I. I. Yeah. I. I think so. There was last time I can recall there being one. I don't imagine there's very very much. I think there is. I. Th- I think you're right. Like 
DVDs kind of going by the wayside was such a comeuppance for me because I got to buy so many of my mm-hmm. movies at very cheap pr- prices. Right. And at that time, I I mean, I was very late to the streaming game because I couldn't like afford cable and stuff mm-hmm. for a long time or you know i only had a dvd player for very long so i would just watch the same movies like over and over and over but i like when blockbusters would close especially the one here oh, in hillcrest yeah. i would get i got half of my movie collection from there well and they, that was something discount. they were doing that for a while and that in where i grew up in el paso they they had a competing chain called hollywood video uh but yeah we had that here too even, even when they were still running tapes uh like vhs tapes they would sell their um their previously viewed copies yes. at a discount hollywood and so, video was the best for buying videos yeah um it's in the name guys and that's interesting i guess that's the other difference too um between like video you know video stores that a lot of places were re- mostly rental only. right there were only a few places like Suncoast and, and that probably explains the difference in clientele uh, because Suncoast was for people that wanted to buy them, like people that, yeah. that wanted to own. I want to own this. A, right. A video, a video, a movie. Showgirls is my favorite right. movie. <laughs> and you have the director's cut NC-17 widescreen because that's the only one that I want. Gina Gershon is my favorite actress. <laughs> She's so good. Well, Kyle sir, MacLachlan. If you, if you uh, uh, will check out our Gina Gershon feature wall, <laughs> you'll find uh, all of her films, which I can't think of <laughs> of other ones. I I can't either. There was like that bondage movie. Bound? Jennifer Tilly. Wasn't it called Bound. Was it? I don't know. I never watched it, <laughs> but I saw the cover a million times. Oh, man. I spent a lot of, I mean, you know, and they had great snacks at the video stores, too. Like, I spent a lot of time in video stores yeah, trying they, to figure out. It's like, because you didn't want to commit to something because you were only going to get, like, one or two. Yeah. So you're like, oh, man, like I got to I have to go through every section to figure out what I want to watch. That was an outing in and of itself. I mean, that was was part of the evening. So but you you could also go go there looking like crap, too. Oh, yeah. You could go in your sweatpants and like your makeup's running down your face and your hair's all frizzy. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm just staying in tonight. Yeah. (laughs) There was a, a blockbuster and a Hollywood across from. The, one of the Baskin Robbins locations that I I worked at, and uh, sometimes after after closing or after I get off, I head over and grab a grab a movie. I, I know, do kind of miss video stores. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a nostalgic portion of of uh, of life. Well, if you watch the last blockbuster, which we did, um, there are a lot of very cool guest stars that talk mm-hmm. about uh, video stores having gone by the wayside. And, you know, I, I didn't realize at the time when we watched it, but Lauren Lapkiss was the narrator. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. She's a comedian and she's on like um, Crashing, the the Pete Holmes show on HBO. Right. And she was also on Orange is the New Black. She's great. Um, 
so yeah definitely check that movie out that's what inspired this episode today and us reaching out to friends for their stories so any uh any parting thoughts on on anything i mean i, I guess we could Do you still have any? We still have some, some of our video, like physical copy video collections still, right? DVDs. Um, both of us have like a decently sized DVD collection, and I have quite a few VHS, mostly Disney. Yeah. Well, those are. We, we have no means the... to hook up a VCR here. Right. <laughs> but uh, I don't even know. But what... we can. Like. I think you were like, oh, let me hook up the DVD player. And I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> we, we stream everything now. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we have we have the means to do so. I lent my whole Buffy collection to friends of ours. That's right. A couple of years ago. Yeah. So you, you that was, you know, you, you had to be really invested in something to binge. Mm-hmm. Which I did. I mean, because I have all the office very, seasons. Yeah. Except the last one, I think. I started getting all the uh, all the Simpsons mm-hmm. um, when they would come out by season. And um, oddly enough, the DVD is the reason that Family Guy is so big. Uh, because the that makes sense. Because that's how I watched it. Like season and a half was kind of kind of was a flop. I mean, it, there were some people that watched it and found it you know interesting or funny um but i think fox canceled it yeah and then they released the dvds and the dvds were huge like it took off and and it created this resurgence That's so they exactly brought it back how i watched it and then it you know it it, it is what it is and it came back and now it is and the thing seth not todd uh seth McFarlane <laughs> is the uh is the mogul that he is <laughs> to this day to this day to thanks <clears> to dvd yeah, and I mean, speaking of him, there's a big figurine of Ted on the Universal yes, Studios on the studio tour. tour. I don't know if we should go back. I don't know. I kind of want to, but I, I do. But it's like scary. It is, even Germs. though I I was I'm talking to a friend of ours, a friend of the podcast, um, and we were just just sort of talking about how we're feeling, and I, I said, you know, once. Once you get that second shot, it, it's it's nothing magical, but you do have that added sense of confidence. Like, okay, I'm 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 equipped to handle this should anything happen. But I think that's the key, is that you know we're better protected should we get infected, but we should mm-hmm. shouldn't be seeking to get infected. No, of course not. <laughs> or yeah. behaving as such. So that's something we can um, think about. Yeah, but we'll see. We have uh, if you're a pass holder, they've added these bonus days. So yep, it's uh, basically us for pass us meaning us pass holders. Um, we get to go till May something Mayish 16th? May sixteenth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. All right. Well, on that note. On that note. Uh. We will bid you goodbye. Goodbye. As the French say. Goodbye. I sounded like AOL. <laughs> um, goodbye. Oh, adieu. That was another thing. 
So what's that? <laughs> is that the next? Uh, oh God! The CD-ROM episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, video games would be a good one. That would be a a good Jeremiah guest and, episode. And Anna has nothing to say. Yeah, you do. You play video games. <laughs> well, I play them now. You play them more than I do. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you once again for listening. Yes. As always. Be safe. Be smart. And be sanitary. Be sanitary. Thank you for listening to Homebound Happy Hour. Stream or download episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, give our Facebook page a like at Homebound Happy Hour and follow on Instagram at Homebound Happy Hour Podcast.